Today on Living Logistics, discover smart and simple ways a bustling European port city is becoming more sustainable. From Bonn, Germany, this is Living Logistics. I'm Deborah Friedman. If you do any online shopping, you may think it's quick, clean, and convenient. Click, you've saved yourself a trip to the store. Click, no plastic bags to carry your stuff home. Click, maybe you think you've done your part for the environment, too, creating less traffic and pollution by leaving your car in the driveway. But all those clicks translate into more home deliveries. Not only do courier companies have to keep up with demand, they're also coming up with clever ways to lessen the impact the booming e-commerce market is having on daily inner-city deliveries. Today on our program, we talk to people in Rotterdam to find out how logistics company DHL is working together with the local city council to reduce emissions and help a busy and thriving modern city become more sustainable. In fact, DHL plans to drive down emissions in its final mile deliveries in Rotterdam this year to zero. Zero emissions, despite all those deliveries. Contributor Gabby Pinkner traveled to Rotterdam to take a look around. Hello, Gabby. Hi. Tell me, why did you decide to go to Rotterdam? I never thought of it as a particularly green city. I'd heard about a sustainable logistics solution that my colleagues at DHL Express Rotterdam had set up and that would ensure zero emissions in all last mile deliveries. And I wanted to see how that worked. I was also keen to look at the city because it's implemented lots of ideas for more sustainable living. Do tell. I arrived at the Rotterdam train station quite early in the morning. It was busy. Some 110,000 travellers pass through the station every day. One of the first things I noticed when I stepped outside was that it was unexpectedly quiet. Thanks to clever city planning, there are hardly any cars or vans or trucks near the main station, even in the morning. One of the loudest noises I could hear was a bird. There weren't a lot of cars, but there were certainly a lot of bikes. There's even a big underground bike parking garage right outside the station where some 5,000 bikes can be stored. Dutch residents can use the same ticket for a train, bus or tram or to hire a bike. It makes commuting really easy and encourages people to leave their cars at home. I found a bike shop around the corner and hired a bicycle for the day. Then I made my way to the DHL City Hub, about 20 minutes from the main station, where I planned to meet some of my colleagues. The bike lanes are wide and safe, making it a pleasure to ride in Rotterdam. Cyclists here cover some 1 million kilometers every day. That's 27 times around the world. There are a lot of trams in the city, and lots of pedestrian and bike traffic lights, which can slow things down a little. You also have to watch out for mopeds. They whiz past really fast. The city hub is a central location where packets and parcels are dropped off. Bike deliverers then sort their individual routes and make deliveries in and around the town from the city hub. I was visiting one just over the Erasmus Bridge, which connects the north and the south parts of the city. It's the second largest cable bridge in the Netherlands. The hub was in a dark brick building next to a canal. I figured I was in the right place. Ricky? Hi. Hi, Gabby. Good morning. Good morning, how, how are, are you? you? You're very early. I was way too early. <laughs> I was just cycling around thinking, is it here? Could it be? I met with Ricky van Zoost, the Go Green specialist for DHL Express Netherlands. It's his job to work out where sustainable solutions can be introduced into existing operations. He used to be a courier, 
So he understands the challenges the deliverers face day to day. It was still early, so there was only one courier there when we arrived. Gradually, the others started to turn up. There were a total of eight couriers on the day that I was there. After a brief morning meeting, a DHL van rolled up outside to drop off the packages that they'd be delivering that day. Ricky explained the setup. We only have one van driving to a city up location, and from there it's been spread by bicycles or uh, electric vehicles. So what we want to do is we want to deliver uh, the inner city uh, on a sustainable way, and the most sustainable way are cycles. These cycles are cargo bikes, especially designed for delivering and collecting parcels. Ricky explained that they have 43 cubicycles in use in the Netherlands, and they also use a cargo bike called a parcycle, which he also calls a bullet. The cubicycle, it can load more uh, kilograms and more volume, and also can uh, drive a lot of uh, kilometers, because it's uh, electrical bike, we can do a lot of kilometers with a lot of uh, kilograms. Cubicycles are reclining bikes that have a big box on the back. The rider sits up front with their legs stretched out. DHL designed them together with a company called Feilaf. As Ricky said, they're electric, so you can pack them with a good few kilos worth of documents and small packages, and it's still easy to get around. The bullets, or par cycles, are more like a normal bike with a big box on the front. In future, the bullet bikes are going to be electric too, which will be useful in cities like Amsterdam, where cubicycles are too big for the narrow streets. But the couriers really like the cubicycles. Here's what courier Pim van der Blom had to say. The cubicycle is, uh, the most important thing I think is it's bigger. You can take a lot of more deliveries with you, like bigger packages, because with a, a par cycle, uh, you're, you are really limited by the amount of stuff you can put in the, in the thing. And cycle is just, I think, four times bigger. So, yeah, that's the, the main advantage. The electric motor must be another big plus. That's really uh, for long distances, because some of the routes uh, will have you cycling for approximately seven kilometers before you're even starting. You just have to cycle a lot. And then having the electricity to back you up a little bit is really, really nice. The couriers are predominantly delivering what they call flyers. That's basically documents. Rotterdam is home to Europe's largest port, and a lot of the import and export paperwork is still delivered by express courier. One courier told me that he sometimes has about 90 stop-offs in one day, where he delivers as many as 25 to 30 flyers. That sounds like a hard job to me. I asked Pim why he likes it. For me, it's basically what I really liked because I, uh, I cycle a lot. I have cycled a lot and I also uh, had a lot of delivery jobs. So it kind of combines the two things. Yeah, I've done a lot and I really like. So for me, it's basically going to work with a smile on my face because I really like it. I decided to follow Pim on my bike to see what it would be like to deliver packages in inner city Rotterdam. He was happy for me to tag along, but first I had to wait till he'd finished planning his route for the day. In the morning, the, the deliveries come in. You have to order them. Uh, you have to make your own route. What am I going to do first? What am I going to do last? Also, you have 12-hour uh, deliveries. You have to deliver them before 12, so that gives another piece of uh, incentive to make a good route beforehand. Out on the road, we cycled back over the Erasmus Bridge towards the city centre. My legs were really starting to feel the burn. OK, so now we're cycling. Back. Down here? Are we on? Are we staying on this side, or are we going over? We're going uh, across the bridge. So, how often do you go across that bridge every day? Uh, 
faster to deliver using a moped. The regulations are a bit more difficult with a moped because to be faster you have to have a moped that can go quite fast and you have to have, uh, wear a helmet. You are not allowed to drive at the bike lanes so it won't be faster because otherwise you'll just be stuck after the traffic you're trying to avoid by riding uh, a bike. M maybe at some points but in, in the long run I think a bicycle or a cubicycle is a lot faster. I can see what he was talking about. There were several instances where we just sailed by cars that were backed up in traffic. Pim had a few packages that needed to be delivered before 12, and I asked one of those customers what she thought about DHL, and if she'd noticed the number of bicycle deliveries that DHL does around the city. Yeah, for sure, you see them every day. Uh, I go by Mike myself, and they pass me on a regular basis, <laughs> a lot faster than me, and uh, yeah, we're happy that they're uh, thinking about a green environment. I followed Pim around on a couple more stops, but I realised I was slowing him down. So I left him making a delivery to the tax office, and I went to talk to someone in the local government about Rotterdam's sustainable city plans. I stopped by the City Hall, a beautiful old building built in 1905. It's one of the few buildings that survived the Second World War bombings, and it's located on a wide road called the Koolsingel, which passes through the city's Kool district. The Koolsingel used to be a canal that surrounded the old town centre, but it was entirely filled in between 1913 and 1922. At the City Hall, I met with Rotterdam's vice mayor, Judith Bokoff, to find out more about what the city's doing to encourage green mobility. The city's council has some very ambitious, modern ideas about tackling pollution and reducing congestion. One of them is setting up a zero-emissions zone. Well, we think it is very healthy. And this zone will be implemented in 2025. It offers a clear framework for transport service providers which allows them to adapt their business model. Judith told me the city is developing an action programme to accelerate the transition to emission-free transport. I wondered if the general public were aware of any of these initiatives and I asked a few people that I met along the way. I think it's good because they they want less uh, traffic in the center of the city and you, you still have to receive your packages and it's quick easy I think as well I think that's really amazing that they even think about environment in such a such clever ways it's very easy to cycle in Rotterdam the bike lanes are really good and most of them are separate lanes so really secure so it's not going unnoticed and soon people will be taking even more notice as the amount of electric vehicles in the city centre increases. The vice mayor told me that electric trucks will soon get an exemption for driving in bus lanes, and companies will get free advice about how to make their fleets more sustainable. One of the companies that's made the biggest strides towards zero emissions delivery? DHL. They're in the process of eliminating all diesel vehicles in central Rotterdam. After leaving City Hall, I had to meet up again with Ricky back at the City Hub. Getting there meant retracing my route and taking another 20-minute bike ride down the Koolsingel and across the Erasmus Bridge again. Some 11,000 people cross the bridge by bicycle every weekday, and I was one of them. My legs were tired. And I was glad when Ricky offered me a ride in his car to visit the service centre in Den Horn, about 20 minutes' drive to the north of the city. Den Horn is in the process of switching its entire fleet from diesel to electric. On the way, Ricky told me a little bit more about the sustainability plans that DHL is putting in place in the city. 
in Rotterdam, we bought 34 electric fans and two electric trucks. We already have one electric truck driving in Rotterdam, so in total it will be 34 fans and three electrical trucks. Charging so many electric vehicles is a challenge, but at Den Horn, DHL have built a sustainable solar-powered charging solution that will enable all vehicles to charge overnight. It means they can use sustainable transport for the entire delivery loop from service centre to the customer. Ricky showed me around the main sorting area, which is like a huge warehouse filled with a massive sorting machine made up of conveyor belts and parcel scanners that can sort over 3,000 packages an hour. All of the sorting will happen automatically. So these containers, they will come in from the hubs. They are full with packages and everything. And it will be put up there at the end of the, the sort. And the, the sorter, he knows by scanning the error bills, like uh, where does the packages need to go. To the side of the service center, there are openings along the wall where the conveyor belts branch out. That's where employees load the packages onto the courier vans for delivery. This is what we call a finger construction, and at this, at this construction, they're standing here, at this side, 30 vans. At the moment, diesels, and uh, in the next few months, we're going to replace all of these diesels by electric vans. Ricky introduced me to one of his colleagues at DHL Express Netherlands, Rufus Nehaus. Rufus is responsible for measuring productivity and for sustainability programs like DHL's Go Green Mission 2050, which aims to reach zero emissions worldwide by 2050. This particular site is likely to achieve that in its last mile deliveries in 2020. It's a little bit exciting for us, but we're also very determined to make it a success with also the local team and with a little bit of help from our global colleagues. I wondered how this would help productivity for DHL Netherlands. We uh, make a new setup for all our uh, routes to deliver a great amount of packages to city hubs nearby the inner city, for example, uh, Rotterdam, but also in The Hague. And we will deliver a lot of packages by bike. Delivering by bike increases productivity enormously by enabling an extra three stops per hour. So that will be a big increase of productivity with a 100% carbon footprint, zero emission approach. I needed to let Ricky and Rufus get back to work and they suggested that I talk to another of their colleagues, Marijn Slaberkorn. He used to be a courier at DHL and is now the head of Go Green for DHL Express Europe. Marijn lives in one of the most famous and fabulous new buildings in Rotterdam, the Markthal. It's a cool, futuristic residential and office building with a market hall underneath. Ricky very kindly drove me back to my hire bike and I cycled back over the Erasmus Bridge for what I hoped would be the last time. All right, I'm not cycling up anymore. I'm cycling down Bloody Bridge. I took some smaller side streets to get to the Markthal, which is a massive horseshoe-shaped building with apartments all around the outside. Inside, there's a huge hall, some 10 stories high, and on the ground you have restaurants and hundreds of market stalls selling everything from pâté to port wine. Marijn agreed to talk to me about the bigger picture for sustainability in the Netherlands and in Europe. Like Ricky, he started out as a courier. Both of them worked their way up through the ranks. I started at DHL Express as a courier, so um, you learn a lot, you know, you know how the people think on the road, um, how they 
sort packages. It's, it's the whole operational process that, that you have in your head. And this is also helping me with developing solutions. Marijn and his team are developing new solutions in response to specific trends. One is the urbanization. People are tending to live more and more in cities. Together with the globalization and the growing B2C within our network, we see that pressure within cities is becoming much higher. So with a smaller vehicle, a smaller modality, uh, moving in cities is just easier and you're less subject to traffic jams. With the booming e-commerce market and the huge number of small parcels being delivered to customers, Marine told me it's becoming more efficient to use bikes rather than vans in city centres. There is no parking space in the city for vans regularly. And a bike you can just park on a pedestrian area or somewhere you like. So that makes that you can do more stops per hour than with a regular van. The City Hub solution is working so well in Rotterdam, it's now being replicated in other parts of Europe. We are currently standardizing the project so that we have a clear implementation process and that we can also identify ideal locations to have a city hub implemented. And we see now um, in Finland, in Turku city, uh, in Ireland we have a city hub. In Belgium they are now having bicycles. In Vienna we already have 14 bicycles. Frankfurt we have a city hub. So slowly it's getting there. The day was getting on, and I needed to catch a train back home. But I had one more stop in mind. Benthamplein, or Bentham Square. It's one of the five water plazas in the city. Rotterdam experiences flooding every year, and the city has built these plazas in response. When it's dry, Benthamplein is just a concrete square with a basketball court in the middle, surrounded by stepped seating. But when heavy rain falls, the basin fills up and becomes an inner city lake. It's an innovative, sustainable solution that the city's developed to deal with the effects of global warming. Heading back to the station, I noticed that when there are a lot of cyclists waiting at the bike traffic lights, the lights turn green faster. There are sensors that register when there's a build-up of cyclists. After returning my bike to the bike hire shop, I stocked up on some typical Dutch honey waffles to take back for my colleagues. And I took stock of what I'd seen and heard during my day in Rotterdam. It was fascinating to see what can be done on such a big scale when government, business and the local population work together to create a green city. Many of us feel like we're fighting an uphill battle to live a greener life, but in Rotterdam, it feels like it's all coming together. I guess the key takeaway would be, keep at it. Stay committed like the guys at DHL. They're living green and it's benefiting the city, the business and the community. A day of cycling, sightseeing, and sustainability with reporter Gabby Pinkner. Logistics company DHL isn't only reducing the environmental impact of entire sites and operations, like in Rotterdam. It also encourages its more than half a million employees around the world to green up their own behavior, at work and in their everyday lives. The company has set itself an ambitious target to achieve zero emissions logistics. Jill Myberg is the head of sustainability strategy at Deutsche Post DHL Group. Together, we are 550,000 employees around the world, and that is a really amazing scale that we can leverage. So I really do think that if we all do our part, we can do quite a bit to move the needle and bring us towards our zero emissions goal in the year 2050. Another way DHL is transforming transport is with a special electric delivery van called the Street Scooter. In the Netherlands, there are some 400 of them in use. And they're a big hit, says Ewout Blau, head of communications at DHL Netherlands. It certainly makes people feel good. 
It makes them also feel good to drive a green vehicle, also doing their bit for the climate when they're at work. Out on the road every day, we show people that for DHL, sustainable business is serious business. Currently, there are more than 12,000 street scooters in operation at DHL and Germany's postal services, Deutsche Post, combined. Most of them are in Germany. But they're also greening the streets in other countries, too, like Austria, the UK, and Japan. Since their introduction in 2014, electric-powered street scooters have covered more than 100 million kilometers, and counting. I'm Deborah Friedman, and you've been listening to Living Logistics. Next time on the program, find out how trucks are soaking up some extra power from the sun. Catch that and our other episodes by clicking on over to our website, dpdhl.com slash podcast. Or find us on your favorite podcast platform and click on all those stars to rate us. And subscribe. Thanks for listening. <laughs>